I teach this method of communication. I call it real communication. It's four things we do. I learned it in 3rd Nephi 11 through 17. So when somebody's most basic human needs of lovable, capable, belonging, and safe, they start to show signs that they're not feeling loved. Just because you have something to say doesn't mean it needs to be said. I think we'd actually probably be amazed at how little Christ says. And so, but what we do, and this is, by the way, Anxiety 101, is this right here? Power. I feel like you're giving me some therapy right now. <laughs> I'm serious. I know, it's real. That's the future. So when I'm worrying about the future, but I'm supposed to be living in the now in my spirit, you should be anxious. The, net, the body would be anxious. But instead, I stop, I notice my anxiety, I take a big deep breath. What would you have me do, God? And then I just reach back. I, I would say I reach back into my quiver and I pull out the one arrow that I need to do right now. Boom. And I shoot it. Mm. And when I shoot it from my essence, it's going to work. It may not change everything, but it's, it's exactly what I was supposed to do then. And then I might take four more steps forward, and then I need to know what to do then mm. in that now. Mm. So life is just a complex uh, litany of nows. We just are constantly lining up more nows. And now one of the things you're saying that we can do, I mean, the only thing that we should think back in the past to do is to remember him. Yeah. That's about it. Right. And if you could do that right now, like on, I like to visualize and do it, it now. Yeah. If the Savior was sitting right next to you, I'm driving down the street, I'm in my car, some yahoo isn't turning turn turn honk honk and now i recognize i'm in my mind and i'm getting mad i stop by the way the minute i notice it i'm already moving back to my spirit and i notice mm -hmm. it then i just try to remember him and if i imagine him sitting in the car seat next uh, to me what would he do yeah he wouldn't be he wouldn't be like matthew no you know better he'd be like yeah he's not going is he yeah. <laughs> no, he's not going. That's and the truth. It's the truth. And what's powerful is if I was willing to, by the way, the Savior would probably recognize me. I can see this really frustrates you. He'd recognize my emotion. Why does it frustrate you? Because I'm in a hurry. Mm. I got to go. By the way, if I look over and the Savior's sitting with me, where does my need to get somewhere in a hurry go? Gone. Why? Because it's he gets rid of everything. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And then he'd say, you're really worried about getting down there because you you just don't want to look, you want to impress. Yeah. And where did that start, Matt? And I would say probably as an eight-year-old boy that didn't belong because my parents divorced. Mm. So I started compensating. Whoa, whoa. And he'd say, yeah, that was rough on you, wasn't it? And then we'd talk about it. And what we'd find out is my need to get that guy to move has nothing to do with him. It's me. And you know what else he would do that would be mm. so beautiful? And this would maybe be the lift. He'd say, do you want to know about that guy? Oh, yeah. And in my mind, I'd be like, not really. <laughs> because I don't want to change. Don't make me adjust. But he'd say, that guy lost his wife three months ago. Mm. And for eight years, he was driving her every day to doctor visits. Mm. And he, as an 82-year-old man, he doesn't know what to do. Mm. So he just drives around aimlessly. And, and so just know. You can just pray for him. What if we just prayed for him? Wow. There's the lift. And notice, e even as anyone's listening, the minute you're listening and you feel that, if you feel more peace, if you feel more love, if you feel a desire to have the Savior in your life more, that's the Spirit. That's the Spirit touching your spirit saying, we're mm. good, we're one.
We're all one. I'm one with that guy. That guy right now is one with me. And I wouldn't get that experience if he hadn't not gone. If he had gone, I wouldn't have had this moment with Christ. But that rich moment with Christ is available to everyone if we'll turn and stay in the now and not all, by the way, not get so caught up on the past either. Let the past go and stay in the now. If you have to do something about the past to fix it, then ask yourself, Heavenly Father, what would you have me do? Because I keep having this thought about this past thing. And then I try to imagine him vividly because I have a vivid imagination. So I like him to, I like to see him. Mm, mm. So if he came in and I was asking him about what should I do about when I called that person that name six months ago and I haven't apologized, he might just say, what do you think you should do, Matt? And I'd be like, I think I should say something. Mm. Let's do that. And then act. That's right. And then no matter what we do, he would reinforce, just no matter what. I love you. You're enough. The spirit you're feeling tells you the atonement's working and I'm changing you. Line upon line, we do this little process of real, either real with others or real with ourselves, And we use that as a way to correct ourselves through life until all of a sudden we we have a a more perfect brightness of it. We have a hope. Wow. This is good. Yeah. So the, so the change can happen. One of the yeah. things that you can specifically can do, and that I like this example, when you're in the situation, you can ask yourself specific questions. Uh-huh. And those specific questions that you ask yourself can really bring you back into the reality mm-hmm. of what the real situation That's is, right. pun intended. Every right? time, yeah. The real situation. Yeah. And then you see the th- for it for what it yeah. really is. And it's never, it's usually, what I find is it's never really about what you th- pretend it's about. Yeah. That's the trick of the mind. That's like the wizard behind the curtains in The Wizard of Oz pretending to have all this bravado until Toto or whatever the dog's name was opens the curtain and then there's just a wizard. Oh, yeah. It's just a weak little old man pulling a lot of levers. That's your mind. So my mind would love to think that man's the problem. My mind would love to think my wife's the problem. My Mm. mind would love to think her migraine's the problem. Mm. My mind would love to think this world's the problem. The economy's the problem. The president's the problem. My mind would love to think everything else is the problem. But all of those things are actually being exactly what they are to be. Yeah. Trials, conflict, suffering. Fallen world. Yeah. And my job is just to be in it, not of it, and look to God. Wow. For further light and knowledge. And then I use get real with people when I see the signs aren't right. And when I see the signs aren't right with me, I use get real with myself. Mm. And then I turn it to God every time. What would you have me do? What would you have me do? He's the one that always lifts it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I feel like you, yeah, knowing where you are in the situation is what, a, it's like the whole process to me is really, it's repentance, man. Oh, it's it's, it's turning. turning to him, but we we look at repentance in such a negative yeah. way. It's because it's affiliated yeah. with the, the original sin kind of mentality. But, yeah. but really repentance is about, as Adam Miller teaches, it's about the original grace. Yeah. Original grace preceded original sin. Yeah. And original grace is still the plan. Original That's sin is just something concocted. It's what happened. Yeah. Hmm. This is really good but for you, for you. Yeah. And if you can go take it as deep as you want, what are the, some of the ones that, cause nobody's perfect at this. Yeah. Do you know no. what I mean? What are some common ones? If you're, if you're willing to be a little bit yeah. more vulnerable that you would say, yeah, I teach this stuff, but this one's kind of challenging for me. Well, like that, like what, what has saved, I think me and helped me be more vulnerable. It's, it's vulnerability. Yeah. And so because because at eight, I built a script that I have to prove. I knew I was loved. 
Yeah. I mean, you kind of wonder when parents divorce, but I knew I was loved, but I didn't know I was capable oh. because I was like, everyone would say, now, Matt, you're the man of the house. Oh, and I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah, okay, well, that's yeah. a lot of pressure. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, so I guess I'm nine. I guess I need the ladder to get on the roof to go get the <laughs> air conditioner working. And everyone's like, yeah, no, you can't get on the roof. Yeah. So I'm Mate, like, oh, so I'm not capable. So um, so at a young age, I think I, I picked up a compensating mm. tool. And what it was really was I have a good personality. You may not have noticed. <laughs> But I have a good sense of humor. And I, what I do, I think, is I use, I compensate my personality whenever I'm vulnerable. Oh. So I've built a life and it's great. It's actually it's a worked great out. Skill. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's either, it either had to do that or I had to grow some abs. And I didn't yeah. want to start that. So, so, but I use my personality when I'm vulnerable. But what I'm finding as I'm aging is that I need to now use my personality when it's, ideal and appropriate yeah. and be vul and learn to be vulnerable. Mm. There's going to be a day when I'm 95 and I'm dying that I'm not just going to shuck and jive and laugh my way out. Mm. I got to be vulnerable enough to look my kids in the eyes mm. and to know that I'm capable and to know that I'm loved and to know that I belong and to know that I'm safe. So, mm. uh, so a lot of times in my life, I'll catch myself doing something. I call it like posing mm. or posturing that's not the real me. Mm. And so I'm trying just slowly to allow more vulnerability in and, and, and not use this dominant strength of personality as much. Yeah. That's a huge thing. By the way, uh, you know where it began? Where? When Adam and Eve partook of the fruit, they noticed they were naked. Mm. Nakedness was born. What's another word for nakedness in the therapy world? Vulnerability. Yeah. So yeah. I don't think vulnerability existed pre-mortally. Yeah, well, it's connected to shame. Mm -hmm. So it's a mind thing. Yeah. So I think when Adam and Eve partook of the fruit, that's where the carnal mind was born. And that's where they started knowing and noticing between good and evil. They yeah. had the good, the spiritual mind, and now they had kind of the carnal mind, and yeah. now they could let them fight against each other. So my nakedness is what I battle the most. Mm. Because as an eight-year-old, I, I learned scripts that worked. Be funny, be personable. But, um, and they, by the way, they work. The problem with it is I'm not eight. Mm. Some of us learn scripts to fight or flight. So we learn to run away from our conversations that are hard. So that's why in marriage, one partner will be really a pursuer that always wants to talk about it. Mm. And the other wants to run from every conversation. And they're both trying uh, to do the same both thing. both good people. And they're both trying to protect themselves. Yeah. And the problem is their protection methods forged by eight or 12 or 14 year olds or 25 year olds or in your first divorce or your second divorce or your third divorce. So, but those scripts aren't working. So what we now have to do is live in the now, own up, be present, look to God and let him guide us to how to overcome that script and live a different script right now. That's the change. This is right here. Power. I feel like you're giving me some therapy right now. <laughs> I'm serious. Like know, this, this is something that I feel it's for your personal life. You're yeah, saying, yeah, when you were a kid, you found that the way that you could compensate yep. was to use comedy, yeah. to use, you know, personality, personality, rugged, good looks, rugged, good looks. <laughs> Why are you laughing? But you're, but you're saying that you're, you're discovering now that you're trying to, you know, be master, more real, be more real. Like sometimes instead of using, but you, but now you have yeah. the, the yeah. personality developed. Yeah. So I think that that might be the thing. 
Now I now I some. build the other parts of me. That's right. The spiritual parts. By the way, I also at that time learned to run from conflict, hide from it, avoid it. And I'm really socially intelligent enough that I can see the conflict coming a mile away. So I can shuck and jive from conflict really easily mm. because it's I'm very intuitive and sensitive and socially intelligent. So I also do that. So the harder thing for me is to have the conversations yeah. in my most intimate relationships. Yeah. I can have them with anybody. So yeah. notice, even as I go through life helping others, I'm still trying to conquer my own insecurity. That is so interesting. Me. That is so interesting. The thing that you've developed because of the past yeah. is what's allowing you to help so many people. But now you're learning that you need to start helping yourself. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And, and, and when you think about that, that's probably all... The means to help myself is was people, but the ultimate objective, I think, of God is your change. So it's the relationships are the it's the where we practice, and then the change of you is the objective. It's the goal. So in the end, if the other power is if I always bring it back to what I can do, then there's power because mm. I always have power over how I interpret what happened. Mm. I always have power over what I, how I respond to what happened. Mm. Those two first steps, I always, always have power. I don't have power in what you do with it. Oh. So how I respond to you, I have no power there. By the way, you do. That's mm. your first thing. You can interpret it better and you can respond better. So as soon as we all get really good at recognizing I'm over one and two, you're over three. Okay. I don't have to worry about your interpretation. Now I can watch and if it doesn't land well, then I can adjust my message, see if I can help it land better. If it mm. doesn't land well, mm. I can notice it. Now, if you keep not accepting my words, then I can recognize it and actually get real with you. It seems, Stephen, that I said this four different ways and you're frustrated with it anyway. Tell me what you're feeling about what I'm saying. And I'd actually start exploring mm. what he's feeling on it. That's so get good. Get more real, yeah. That's so good. Powerful. It's, you, you have to focus on them first. But really focusing on them is you turning inward to yourself. Yeah. And then when you turn inward to yourself, you can then more easily help them. And then when yeah. they help them, when they, yeah. then they are more open. And then yeah. now we're actually at, That's right. we can actually talk about it more clearly. And you know what to say? You know what not to say? Yeah. Just because you have something to say doesn't mean it needs to be said. That's right. I, th I think we'd actually probably be amazed at how little Christ says. Because when you're really effective communicating... You don't need to say much. That is really powerful. Right? Because you understand so much. He what they doesn't need. say much. Probably doesn't need to. But the rest of us are dancing like crazies trying to. He's like, that's what yeah. it is. And that is a sign, right? So anytime somebody's communicating too much, there's probably, they're, they're trying to find their hook or they're trying to find safety or love or validation. So there is power. That's why the whole uh, old adage, the stoic adage, uh, of Epictetus, I think, was we've all been given two ears and one mouth, yeah. right? And the ears were meant to stay open and the mouth was meant to close. Well, I didn't hear, like, I mean, because, you know, the fourth child. What number are you? Uh, third, I'm the fourth child. I'm the fourth child. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I'm the fourth. I know. And You're I see that with my own kids. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they want to be heard. Yeah. They want to be heard. So they usually get bigger. Yeah, he, noisier, more personality. He's funny. Uh -huh. He's the my fourth is the yeah. he's really funny. And I always thought the fourth kid was way better looking. <laughs> Didn't you? <laughs> yeah. 
I love being the fourth kid. Yeah. Okay. So one other area that I that I wanted to explore with you is uh, what advice would you give to somebody who is is uh, their relationship is going well? They're decided that they want to move forward, and you're at their wedding. You're giving them a toast. Yeah. I mean, I wish kind of shifting gears. Pretty, 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 yeah. pretty. What would you say? Um. Well, so this is pretty real. So because I end up giving advice every day. Yeah. And um. And there's so there's a lot of great advice, but. Uh, there's one piece of advice that I give, like I gave it at my daughter's wedding. I pretty much have given it at every one of my kids' wedding. Yeah, and it's and I and 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 every time I speak, I give this advice. But the advice is simply that um, that your peace will never come from your partner. Mm. So your partner's great, but they're human. Yeah, your peace will always come from your God. It comes from principle. It comes from prompting. It comes from your God. And so as soon as you're looking to your God for the peace, not your partner, yeah. you're in a better space. Victor Hugo has a really cool quote that says, um, we must be like the bird who halting in its flight on a limb that's too slight. Mm. And when the limb breaks beneath the bird, the bird sings, knowing that it hath wings. So we've got to have the confidence of a bird who's about to land on a limb that can't hold it. And when the, when, the, when the limb breaks beneath the bird, the bird doesn't freak out. The bird sings because it knows it has wings. So our confidence comes from the principles. The bird flies. The bird doesn't get its confidence from its perch. It gets its confidence from its ability to fly. It knows the principles of flight. Yeah. So when we know the principles of peace... We'll have peace. And if we think the principles of peace come from your partner yeah. or where you live or your degree or your wealth, you got the ladder against the wrong wall. So what we then do is we got to go out and start seeking what are the principles of peace. Mm. And love is going to be one of them. I think real is one of them. Yeah. Recognizing, exploring, attending, lifting. Um, I think character is one of them. I think sacrifice is one of them. So, um, what I want my kids to learn is go seek God and truth, not just things, mm. not just, and don't, and don't you dare ever believe your partner's the key. You're, this is why too, you're already married to Christ. That's right. So what the crud is your partner bringing? <laughs> you're already in the covenant. Yeah. And in the covenant, the real covenant keeper, really is Christ. Mm. So if in the covenant you're looking to Christ more, he'll then tell you how to handle the lug you're married to. Mm. But we always, we don't look up, we look over. Yeah. So don't look over, look up. And then let God give you further information and light and then turn with that light back to your partner and then implement and then get real after. Watch what happens. And then adapt. God, what would you have me do? Mm. Look up. And to me, that's that's the source of power, and I love the idea. You're already you're already married to perfection. It's just not that guy. Yeah. And it, in a weird way, it. But together we will. The closer we both get to God, the closer we'll get together. So make sure God's and those principles are a big part of our marriage. That's and, the advice. And oftentimes we do the opposite. 
we think we get our strength from. Yeah. Spouse is what uh-huh. I'm assuming you're saying. Mm-hmm. And sometimes instead you'll get, well, don't go to bed angry. <laughs> okay. Then yeah. what? Yeah. Well, then look to God and go to bed together and let's get God in the moment. And then I guess we won't go to bed angry. Sometimes I think it is better to go to bed angry. Of course. I mean, at least versus if the Holy Ghost goes to bed at 11 or whatever, <laughs> then conversation should probably end around then too. Yeah. You know, if we're not going to do it with yeah. spirit. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. It's almost basically your brain, you're tired when you're tired. Yeah. 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 And maybe when you're tired, you should do what Jesus did and say, I can observe uh-huh. that we're both tired. Yeah. I can observe that things aren't taking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then go walk in the desert for 40 yeah. days. Yeah. And I think anybody would respect that. Yeah. Especially if we come back tomorrow and we talk. And we if both you, know that the yeah. best interest is in mind. If we always withdraw and never come back, then what we're teaching our partner is when it gets tough, I'll abandon. Mm. Which for some, that's terrifying. And when times are tough, if we always have to talk incessantly on what when yeah. you want to talk, what we're teaching our partner is it's not safe. Mm. So there's always this hand standoff between, am I safe? Because you're not going to hound dog me. And are you not going to abandon me? So when those two needs are met, then we then we can actually be real. And the only foundation that I'm, you're not saying this word for word, but it always has to involve him. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Because we can't do it by ourselves. And especially if, what if it's, if even if it just invokes the spirit mm. of um, love and the yeah. spirit of compassion and the spirit of together and the spirit of at one minute. So if the the ultimate test is just check what spirit you're using. If if there's contention, mm. it's not of God. If there's accusation, it's not of God. Mm. And you'll remember when Caiaphas and Annas, Annas and Herod Antipas and Pontius Pilate, when they were all just hammering him, he didn't say much. Because without the spirit, we don't speak. Like, none of them are listening. Yeah. So what would he wouldn't, say? Wouldn't matter anyway. Yeah, wouldn't matter. So there is power in just, but staying and loving. And by the way, if the other can't calm down, this is funny. We then we know where the problem is. Yeah. And then they need to yeah get real yeah with but I'm themselves. Not gonna, yeah. If I fight you, like can you imagine the savior just fighting all these people? <laughs> Like it's the, the scripture said what he could bring down like seventy two thousand yes. angels, and I, if that would if I had done I that would have been me I would have just brought him down. <laughs> yeah, and it which is what best. Satan wanted him to do I know, when he tempted. Yeah, but he didn't, and instead he just and then like what he did is he looked to God, and then he lived. Hmm. You know what is super powerful? He there's the moment on the cross when. He the the father had to turn the back oh. and leave him. What he experienced there was what you and I experience all day. That's right. And we're not even impacted by it. Yeah. He was so impacted by not having the presence of his father. And we are so impacted when we do. Mm. So his spiritual evolution was so advanced that for the little bit that the father pulled away or had to be away, it devastated him. And yet we go days 
thousand. Not even connecting to it. Oh. Which tells us where we need to get to. We just need to be trying harder and more so that so that when we actually feel it not there, we we get nervous. That's evolution. That's the spiritual evolution we need. Well, when you said that, it made me think, if anybody knows about loneliness, it's him. Oh yeah. But ironically, he was he felt lonely. And we don't I can't put words yeah, into his mouth. No. But the thing he wanted when he was lonely was connection with mm-hmm. God. That's and it. that's the very that's thing it. that we need. That's it, every day. And by the way, him being having gone through that, yeah. you, you, our profundity of loneliness is nowhere near that. Not even close. And so he, he, he's covered that. But it also tells you kind of that we could have the Father with us much more. Mm. He literally, that, that very statement or story is testament of what we can have here mm. to know we're not alone. It, but that would demand that we're turning more, turning more, noticing him more. Mm. And like putting off the natural man, right? Getting rid of this facade that we all put on. Yeah. And letting it kind of go and letting the spirit coach us and teach us more. Powerful. That's so powerful. That's One other more. thing I wanted to just mention was this, this, you know, the pandemic was like this huge epidemic through the world. Yeah. And I've heard people say the real, the real epidemic, the real issue was loneliness. Oh yeah. We act like we're not. Oh yeah. But at the end of the day, we're still lonely. Yeah, we're way lonely. Why what do you think? What's the root of that? Um again, it's I think it's I think it's natural, man. And then I think there's a difference is we as we were in like agrarian societies, we were more communally minded, we were more community minded, we were more wholly dependent on each other. Yeah. So as we becoming as we declared our independence, and we're becoming more independent, we don't know how to be interdependent. So we kind of equate that you're either independent or you're dependent. Interesting. But now I think some of us way value our independence more than our interdependence. Mm. You know, I used to always say that all we need is a really good pandemic, (laughs) and that'll bring us all together. Mm. And? And it didn't. Didn't. So when a pandemic doesn't unify what will did we need did we need a worse disease yeah maybe ebola pandemic would have been more uniting Hmm. like so if disease and disorder and war don't bring us together more then we then we probably have more of a moral problem Hmm. than the physical problem. Those physical things used to bring us together and they brought people they together forever. They but it did. might be because our we're, we're having more and more of our needs met at higher levels. Wow. So our basic needs are met. Even in the middle of war, we don't have to face war. We'll just send drones. So we can just, <laughs> we'll just sit at home. So this is Maslow's hierarchy. Once the basic needs are met, we move to emotional, relational needs, and then we move to kind of spiritual transcendent needs. Wow. So I think, I think we're just, the world's getting richer and richer and richer. Mm. The the poverty of of the world is dropping at rates it never really before is. seen. So as we get wealthier and wealthier, it might be that the division is less physical want based, and it's going to be more spiritual. emotional, social, and spiritual. That is so interesting. Yeah, it's a void now. Wow. And so the only antidote would be uh, more social community, more spiritual community. 
But again, I think the technologies are driving us to be apart from each other in a different way. And remember, we don't even have any of the data on any of this. We have millennia, years, multiple millennia of what happens with people going through community situations in agrarian world. We have a long time history of that. We have no idea what happens when everyone's zooming. <laughs> We've got what, three years of this? And, and so we don't know the long-term impact of even technology on our kids, of mm -hmm. video gaming on our kids. We don't have enough data long-term to know how this impacts us. Well, that's why I believe that the foundation of the spiritual that is always consistent, that never changes, yeah. is really the only thing we can really rely on. But the interesting thing that you said, I thought was so interesting that if you really look at that, that hierarchy of needs, it really proves that we do have everything yeah. that we physically need. And I know that's not the case yeah. for everything mm -hmm. everywhere. No. But the places where they do lack yeah. the physical, yeah. they are more united. Right. More naturally because they're more dependent. Dependent on each other. Yeah. So so if we can't oh. be dependent on people, then we probably need to master the need to be dependent on a God. But it's hard to be dependent on a God when you've got all your needs met. We, so we think. Yeah. So then the gap is, yeah. so then I was almost seeing that cycle starts. Yeah, I can't remember. Was, I think it was. Uh, I think it, I can't remember. If it was President Kimball. I believe it was President Kimball who said every sin is a, is a an attempt to to meet an unmet need. That um, there's a a quote, and I can't remember who said it. But it said the majority of the atonement was not for our sin, but for our ignorance. Hmm. The majority of the pain of this world has been inflicted with ignorance. We don't even know why we're mad today. We don't even know why that guy not turning left is driving me crazy. I don't even have time to think about it. I just got to get there. So, so most of I mean, most of us don't, we're not self-aware enough to know hmm. how much of our problems are genetic, hmm. how much of our problems are socially derived by how we were raised. We don't know, but we just like to call it all sin. If you go to a prison, and I've had, I've been there many times. I've I've taught there a lot, um, and in the room, the majority of the people in the room have childhood abuse, drug addiction, um, and mental health issues. Like we're talking 90 percent of them. Let me just dump them. How does God judge all that? Yeah, yeah. He probably yeah. judges it as sickness. Yeah. Well, there, the gift of administration in Doctrine and Covenants 46, something that I learned a little bit ago that changed my perspective of this is it talks about like that God will uh, basically use that gift according to the conditions of the situation. Yeah. So that, that's actually, I think, super powerful because then again, one of the keys to us using Get Real with ourselves is to let's go inside and start becoming more aware of us becoming more aware of our tendencies, mm. uh, becoming more aware of our uh, addictions or what's driving the addiction or what are the habits that we have and where did we learn that habit? Hmm. Instead of just calling it the devil. Yeah. Um, remember, the most of, I believe, our opposition is, is in us. It's true. Right? So the devil can tempt all we want, but part of us partakes. So the part of us that partakes <laughs> is the part that we actually need to battle. And that part of us is, that's why the, the Satan has the power to bruise your heel, yeah. but you'll have the power to crush his head. That's right. But only if you start crushing.
you got to get in and start crushing. And that's where I think the spirit of us starts to take on the mind of us, the carnal mind that's not healthy. A lot of our mind is brilliantly helpful. Um, statistics, for example, <laughs> yeah. is important to some people, yeah. not us. Well. <laughs> but statistics is an important thing. Calculus is an important thing. Um, just learning a lot of great habits about finance. They're great. And there probably might even be eternal principles behind some of them. Great. But and those are all in the mind and those are power, powerful, especially when the spirit can somehow navigate stats. That's great. <laughs> but when, but when the mind is more about, yeah, but you're worthless. Yeah. So we read the, the, uh, what is it? The worthless of a soul. What is it? The worth of a soul. The worth of a soul is, is great. great. Do you believe it? We, yeah. Well, my soul's not worth as much. So that thought that mine's not, mm. or I'm an unprofitable servant some people hear that and they're like oh, see, i knew it i'm so bad when you sit there and you, i'm an unprofitable servant and it doesn't put awe in you and love of god if it does put love of god in awe then you're in the spirit listening to that thought mm. but if you're in your mind like oh geez i know mm. i'll never catch up i'm never good enough you're in the mind mm. and i don't even need you to fix it I just need you to notice it because oh. that's not you. That's your carnal mind. Your carnal mind would love you to believe that you, but your essence is like, tch, 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 no. Yeah. You're and, a son of the most high God. Your worth is endless. So worth it. He sent his only begotten. Oh, it's coming after you. It makes me think of uh, Revelation 12, 9. It's one of my favorites, when it, like through 11. And it's like how they overcome mm. is by the blood of the lamb oh. and their testimony. Yep, their testimony. Their testimony yeah. And that's what we did there. Yeah. And that's what we have uh, to yeah. do here. That's right. Through that's the right. testimony, the witness. That's right. And, the, and the, the irony of that witness that had that testimony there is it's right here. Saying, it's already, it's, it's still all, it's here. here. It's still here. But we're like, I know, but where is it? And we're all looking beyond the mark. We're looking out there. Where is it? And weirdly, it's just like, I'm in here. We trusted him there. And now the name of the game is we can't see. Yeah. 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 And then what's cool is because we can't see and we know we can't see, then just remember that. The minute you can't see, where are you? You're in the mind. Mm. <laughs> I love you. Just make it a rule. Whenever I can't see, I'm in the mind. Yeah. Whenever I'm feeling hopeless, where are you? I'm in the mind. Your essence doesn't have the ability to have hopelessness. Your spirit knows purely hope. Mm. But your mind is like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm 19 <laughs> and I can't do stats. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it is, but it's real. It's totally real. Awesome. Well, hey, I don't is there anything else that you would want if if uh what's is there anything that you want to debunk that you're like, look. I just want to make this clear. People think this, but it's mm. really not true. That you, that you, that before we get to a close. It's, I want you to, I want everyone to, don't believe it's ever about what you think it's about. Hmm. I think we all need to learn to suspend some certainty. We know one billionth of what we might need to know. But we act like, we got the cat by the tail. Like, we act like we got it. I'm crushing it. And so um, 
and we do that. We do that all the time in the church. Like we know, we know, but I think it was Joseph Smith said mm. it will take thousands of years before all things are revealed. Wow. And, um, and also we need to, I think, know that there is truth everywhere and in all things there's truth. Mm. And our job, historically, I think we always had to separate ourselves from our truth and other people. Yeah. But we've really got to become, I think, more open to the fact that and be more confident in what we know so that we can allow all truth to exist. Because when all truth starts to exist and we're literally gathering it from a Buddhist tradition. Yeah. There's truth. There's truth. The Buddhists are the best at teaching there's power in the now. Yeah, yeah. And the the Buddhists might also be really good at being able to connect in true connection of essence to spirit, spirit in a prayer. Mm-hmm. They don't call it a prayer. But we have prayers, but we may not know how to connect. Desert, and so there's truth everywhere. And so I would, if I was going to debunk something is, um, I think one of the things that Heavenly Father uh, told Joseph was that the creeds were an abomination because they deny my power. And I think we need to be careful though, even we have a lot of truth or the fullness of the truth um, to the degree we have fullness so far. I think we need to remain open that God's power is in a lot of places too. Yeah. And then, and don't deny the power of those things. Wow. There's power. So when you sit at a Christmas mass and you feel the spirit or you go to a funeral to another faith and you're having this beautiful peace, that power is coming from God and it's coming. So we need to probably create fewer barriers between us and start trying to unite more truth. Mm. And I think if we could do that better by waxing strong in our confidence with God, instead of our confidence at putting everything else down. Yeah. Like if you're confident up, you shouldn't have to be a jerk down. Well, you got to get real. Yeah, that's right. You got to observe. Gotta real. That's right. You got to recognize. That's right. You see, you got to. Nobody's going to want to hear anything you have to say about anything religiously right. if you no. don't even want to listen. That's right. Yeah. So, gain your confidence up, so you're waxing strong. DNC one twenty one in the presence of God, and then and let the doctrines of the priesthood distill upon mm-hmm. your soul. Let virtue garnish your thoughts unceasingly. Um, then shall your scepter be an unchanging scepter of righteousness and truth. So now your scepter is the thing you can lean on to give you strength. And then your dominion, your power at home even, will be an everlasting dominion. Hmm. And without compulsory means, it shall flow into thee forever and ever. You'll never have to compel people to obey. Because, yeah, you're, because you're, you're being... Um, you're being, you know, meek and humble and teachable and generous and kind-hearted and long-suffering. You're being all of these other things. And when you're being all of these other things and your confidence is strong with God and you've got the insights of the priesthood and of the doctrines and you've got the the truth to lean on, I don't need to compel. Mm. And now you've got people that will follow. You've got kids that revere you that will follow. And you'll still allow their agency. And then you'll have the power to go get them and bring them back. Yeah. So it's power. That's powerful. Well, 
Matt Townsend. That's it, dude. A lot of things that we talked about to get real. And mm-hmm. I love that. I mean, we, I didn't make this up. I didn't know that, that yeah. when we first had our conversation about yeah. this. And I think that God works in the details. Yeah, he does, isn't it? And um, to recognize, yeah. to explore, explore attend. To, to attend, to lift. lift. That's what we need to do. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of other things that we mentioned, too, that I really, really strongly believe that I want to put into action, ask questions about the situation, yeah. living in that moment. Step in. To reduce some of the anxiety that we face. Um, I know this isn't everything that we covered. Yeah. But uh, but I, I I believe what you said is true, and I was in this way. Me I believe, too. All right, yeah. I believe that it's true. Yeah. But don't don't take our word for it. Yeah. Go figure find it out. out. Go find out for That's yourself. Right. I love. Get that. it from him. That's right. Not anyway, us. till next time. Thanks. <laughs> I'm serious. I know it's real. It's so